Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kylie. Today, Pastor Lance and I welcome Pastor Michael Baggett to the program. Michael is the founder and pastor of Bridges, a missional discipleship community for single adults that meets weekly and attracts people from over 35 different churches in our region. He's also one of the speakers for our upcoming Alive Conference for Single Adults. We'll talk with him about single adult ministry, how single adults can thrive as active members of their local church. All of that and more on this episode of Engaging Culture. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to season three. We are in season three now of the Engaging Culture Podcast, episode one. Yep, I feel old. I'm Brian Kiley, joined by that guy, Lance Hahn. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It is Lance. I'm super excited about our guest today. I really like this guy. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying a bunch of nice things about him throughout the entire podcast. Excellent. That'll just be like, we'll talk about substantive things, and it'll be like, Lance, do you have anything nice to say about Michael? Exactly. Well, I'll just great. compliment great. different yeah, things. No, I'll come back tomorrow, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, yes, like I said in the open, we have the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Baggett here with us today. Uh, Michael, thanks for being here. No, it's a great. To, it's great to be here with yeah. both of you. Really, we, we are so excited uh, to have you and looking forward to this conversation today. Michael, I wanted to ask you this before we came on, but I almost didn't because I wanted to save it for on air. Yeah. Do you remember the circumstances under which you and I first met? I remember having coffee with you at the cafe. <laughs> yep, and I he's pretty believe you were talking about. How to do singles ministry? Was that That's, close? That is exactly right. Okay, yes. So for those of you who don't know, when I first came on staff here at Bridgeway, I worked uh, exclusively with our singles ministry. And Michael at the time was the singles pastor over Bayside. And everybody told me, this is the guy you got to talk to about singles ministry. I had no idea how to do singles ministry. So <laughs> I emailed Michael said, hey, can you please explain this to me? And, you and look at you nice. now. Yeah. And hey, you were super nice and explained it and told me stuff that we were doing that was stupid and stuff we were doing that we should fix. And well, thank I you, Michael. Nice. It yeah. was, for not letting you, you ruin you our were, church. You were, you were great. So I really enjoyed that. So uh, today we're talking about singleness, single adult ministry, how singles can engage in the local church. Before we get to that, though, a couple things. First of all, as I mentioned also in the open, we have a short conference coming up for single adults. So if you Mm. are in the region and you are single, uh, we would love to tell you about the Alive Conference coming up June 21st and 22nd. That is 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Friday the 21st, 9 a.m. to noon on the 22nd. And you can register at bridgeway.church forward slash alive. That's bridgeway.church forward slash alive. Now, Michael, uh, can you just tell, give us kind of the, the broad overview Overview, a little bit of your background and kind of ministry and sort of your journey into single adult ministry. Okay. Well, I moved from Houston, Texas to Southern California to be rich. That's what I did. All and, right. And I discovered, yeah, it was awesome. And and, and you pursued uh, ministry, which I, well, makes sense. No, I, I, <laughs> so, yeah. So what happened was I realized that uh, the Mercedes, the BMW, the Corvette, the Blazer, the boat, the house near the uh, ocean wasn't enough. And I came to Christ I and I got serious about my faith. And it was at a church that is now known as called Mariners. I got oh. really serious about my faith, totally committed my life to Christ. And I really quickly realized I couldn't do it alone. And so we had the singles ministry there that I had avoided for a couple of years because I thought, oh, those are desperate, dateless people. They're going to be dysfunctional. I don't want nothing to do with it. But when I got serious about my faith, I thought I can't continue to hang out in bars and you know be fishing all the time. So I went to the singles ministry thing. I was com- totally greeted, totally blown away. It was like that became my family overnight. And what happened for me was that church became my church. Now I was connected with people. That church became my church and uh, everything changed. And uh, that's, and that's eventually I met my wife there. I uh, became a, a pastor there 
And my wife and I have been super excited and very, very, very much clearly called mm -hmm. to serving singles ever since. How That's old awesome. were you when you got saved? Well, uh, what am I now? 51, uh, 52. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I was like, uh, I was 25, 26, 25, 26. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And then, so now you've been in the singles ministry realm here for a while. You right. worked at churches in Southern California, churches here in Northern California. Right. And now you've got, uh, Bridges, go, right. and that's been going on for a while now. Three years. Three just years. A little over, yeah, three Tell years. Tell us a little bit about Bridges. What you've got going there is pretty pretty unique. Well, the idea with Bridges is obviously there's a huge number, of, there's a huge population of single adults in our region that just don't have a place to connect, you know? And so we just said, we're going to do something not with any one particular church, but we're going to serve single adults regardless of what church they go to, or if they go to no church whatsoever. And so we just opened it up, and uh, we have people coming from actually now over 40 different churches that drive as far as from Marysville, Yuba City, Elk Grove, wow. all over the place. And we meet every single Sunday night at, seven, at 6 o'clock. Every mm -hmm. Sunday at six o'clock at Life Community Church, and then we launched our second location in Elk Grove. So we meet at Impact Community Church in Elk Grove on Thursdays. Wow! Uh, at seven o'clock, it's actually Sacramento, so it's not that far down. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been wow. great, fantastic. And then you've now you've been in the singles ministry realm for for a bit. Uh, right. What do you love about it? Now, having having had the experience that you've had, what what keeps you passionate about single adult ministry now? The thing I love absolutely the most is it's just, it's really not, it's not rocket science. You know, when you love on people, they love you back. And I get so much love from these people. I mean, these are, this yeah. is my family. Yeah. It's right, like, right. it's so incredibly, man, we do everything together. We, yeah. we party together. We help each other move. We cry together. We laugh together. We, it's, I mean, I get to see lives change. You know, people come a lot of times from just sheer brokenness, yeah. whether it's divorce or long-term relationship or abuse, addiction, you name it. And I get to see that transition in their life, that huge transformation of the spirit that, mm -hmm. man, I really believe that that true transformation only comes about in community. I mean, I can only change so much and in solitude. Right, right. But man, it's it's an incredibly rewarding, very, very fruitful. And I can do 14 hour days all the right. time. Yeah. And I don't I'm not tired. I'm just having a blast. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, okay, so that's that's part of what I was talking about with why I think Michael's so amazing is it's his passion and they say everything rises and falls on leadership. I believe this. The reason why this has been so successful, because really what you're trying to do and what you have done with all the different churches involved uh, has been tried a million times and failed. Oh. And um, you are the type of person that people can believe in. The, the single adults know that what regardless if you're married, right? So right. you've been yeah. married. They know your heart is with them. They know that you're family. They know that you care about them, that you're thinking about them when they're not there. Um, that passion will always drive forward and it creates a magnetism and a charisma to the entire ministry. So if someone's going to do it right, it's going to be you. Well, so, thank you. I uh, think yeah. when we're doing what we're called, we bear a lot of fruit. When you're doing Amen. what you're called, Lance, when you're doing what you're called, man, things just are great. Yeah, yeah, there's a grace that comes along with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, and like you said, when it's when the passion is there to make it so, yeah, I could just do this, do this all the time. It's like, okay, I think maybe there's a calling here. There's yeah. God's yeah. doing something here. That's yeah. uh, that's pretty awesome. Now, uh, like Lance said, what you're doing has been tried a million times and, and failed. Hmm. Singles ministries have popped up and you know maybe mm. gained a little bit of traction, but it's not worked out. It's whatever. There's I don't need to explain to you the challenges that churches have right. with singles ministry. What is, in your opinion, what is the biggest thing churches get wrong when it comes to ministering 
to their single adult population. Well, I think as a pastor, one of the most exciting experiences that I get to have is doing a baptism, right? Mm, yeah. And you get in the water with them and you baptize them, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And ministry like singles ministry or married life is just staying in the water for a little bit. It's just staying with them for a little bit. And I think that um, we can try to systematize a lot of things in, in church to do ministry, but I think sometimes the pastor just needs to be with the people just a little bit more. So I provide a personal, uh, just approachability uh, with people and just, you know, and sometimes the water gets muddy and I'm not afraid to get in the mud with people. You know, I'll, I'll get in the mud and I'll, and I'll be there for a while with them. And I think that's the, the thing is uh, it takes some personal touch and um, it takes some accountability. I think, you know, it's interesting. So if a, if a couple is having trouble, if the, if one of the, that the husband or the wife, if they're hurting each other, mm -hmm. they hurt each other and really nobody knows about it. Hmm. When people in a single adult community hurt each other, somebody goes and tells the pastor. Right. So huh. now you hear about all of the problems in singles ministry, but you don't yeah. hear about the problems in married life ministry unless somebody comes into your office and says, hey, we're getting a divorce. And then we go, hey, what happened? You know, huh, well, that's they kept yeah. that to themselves. So I think a lot of times we uh, churches perceive as singles are just people that have a lot of problems and we don't have the capacity to serve all of these problems. But the reality is a healthy community will will take care of itself. Yeah. It, it's very, very low maintenance, but the maintenance that's required has to be done. You right. you have to provide a high grace, high accountability environment because yeah. people will hurt people. Man, that's um, good. You know, it, it's been said that you can impress people from a distance. You can only impact them close up, right? That's yes. what you were just talking oh, about. And, well and, the, and the big thing about Jesus, right? I mean, everyone talks about the impact of his ministry, but he was up close. Yeah. And so just a word of wisdom to all the other senior pastors out there. If you have a singles ministry or a singles leader, just know this. If you're not close to the people someone has to be right yes. so so it may not be able to be you right but you better have somebody that's close because if there is no personal touch if there is no i'm in the water with you if there is no i'm walking along with you there's not going to be the transformation absolutely you're yeah. absolutely right i think that's really interesting what you say about how sort of singles and singles ministries have this perception uh these aren't the exact words you use but essentially a perception of being sort of a high drama high problem group that then you know churches are sort of like well what do we what do we do with these people and i i always i guess in in my experience working with our single adult ministry here i always thought that was a little bit overblown it's like yes okay there things are going to pop up but like that's just that's just ministry P this is ministry with people people including me like we're all messy like it's just that's how it goes right, right. and that's pretty interesting to hear what you say that that a couple who is having issues, I would imagine what tends to happen there is they isolate. Exactly. And then they've got their own issues and sort of nobody knows about it. Exactly. Where <laughs> the dysfunction behind closed doors. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you have a venting partner. Exactly. That, yeah. That's the big difference. Your dysfunction all gets dumped on one person as opposed to being spread out into a community, which is healthier. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like there's any more dysfunction no. necessarily in a single adult community. No. It's just harder to hide it. Yep. Absolutely. So. And and for maybe for another show, but we do another yeah. thing called the boardwalk and yeah. it's just like bridges. It's on Tuesdays and and we do that for married couples and right. they come from all all over the place too. Yeah. It's a different Are yeah. there what are some of the advantages then? I I'm I'd curious to get your take on this. What are some of the advantages that that come with an environment where stuff is just more out in the open? than it would be, say, with married couples or, or whatever, where they can isolate them a little more easy. I mean, what is, is there, are there advantages in terms of discipling people, in terms of helping people grow, in terms of helping people mature that come with a single adult environment where stuff just tends to be a little bit more out in the well, open? The reality is if I try to handle all of the, the problems or ministry needs by myself, 
I'm mm-hmm. going to get buried. Yeah. The advantage is you can empower other people in a healthy ministry to help minister to others. Yeah. So. 90% of the ministry that happens at, at Bridges is not done by me. Right. And so when those problems are out in the open, people recognize that there are problems, and then yeah. we we train and develop them, we disciple them, so they can be disciple makers as well. So that's the advantage. I get lots of help. Right. A lot of people make me look really good. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. just the truth. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, necessary all the way around. Of course, I mean, even I look at our own singles ministry here and just different, different ones who it's really the, the people that are stepping in and, and quote unquote, solving the problems or addressing the issues. I mean, there are lay leaders, there are our leadership team, people that have been trained up to handle stuff. You know, it's, yeah, similar to you. A small percentage of the stuff was actually getting to me. Now I'm maybe exactly. I'm maybe I'm I'm providing some advice and counsel and support to the sure. leaders. But you're right. A lot of the on the ground stuff is the community sort of taking care of itself, which is you think what you and want. I think it's important to just say this one thing. It's I mean this is a really simple analogy, but it's just yeah. like a weed, right? If you if like at the beginning of the year we live in Auburn and we have a little bit of property, and if, if we do Roundup at the beginning of the year, and it will maintain our property just fine. But if we let the weeds start growing and then start trying to whack them after that, it it gets really really difficult. So I think that um, if if you if you see a problem and you deal with it quickly. It goes away and actually becomes part of the health. If you don't deal with them, then they can really uh, permeate the rest of the ministry. And the you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of problems to make the whole ministry look bad. Yeah, an ounce of Very prevention true. is worth a pound of cure. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. that was from 1930. Yeah, You're that was, uh, I've never heard that before. Uh, yeah, my no, great grandfather just spoke. Certainly true. Uh, Lance, what do you got? I got a million questions here, but let's uh, go over to you. Yeah. What? So here's kind of my question: What do married folks forget? about the reality of being single, right? I mean, because, so you have three guys in this room, we're married, ta-da! And we're talking about singleness, but there are nuances to being single that we forget. And and so in in your mind, what are some of those things that we forget that are important and valuable? Well, okay. I, I, this is not, my wife and I are very, very happily married. We've been increasingly happy as the years have gone by, Mm -hmm. but doing singles ministry for so long, I can see there are like major advantages there. Oh yeah. There's so many things that you can do as a single person that, um, maybe you can't do anymore as, as a married couple. I mean, I sometimes like my wife is, she's, we are literally our whole life are sing, is singles ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, in other than the summer, I'm teaching four nights a week and my wife is totally, totally cool with that. Now that's not normal. Yeah. I understand, mm-hmm. but, um, single adults have so many opportunities to learn, to grow, to serve, to enjoy life, to thrive, to experience fullness. There's, and, and until you're able to really do that, obviously it being married is going to be really difficult because Mm -hmm. you bring in, right. Right. You don't, you know, get married and become a good husband. You become, you're a good husband long before you get married. Right. Right. And so I just think there's a lot of advantages to being single that people don't recognize. I think that our culture has put single adult life stage as a really negative thing and everybody's trying to get you married and all this. And it's really, uh, I just, it just breaks my heart really to not see singles fully thrive as single adults, because I know that when they get married, the ones that marry well are going to be thriving before they even met their spouse. Yeah, I mean, right. it seems like so many married people want to be single and single people want to be married. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and at some point you go, it's the human condition that is struggling, right? It doesn't right. matter if you're single or you're married, That's you're so, struggling with fulfillment, right? right? Yeah. right. And, and one of the number one, um, you know, I, I believe that there are two categories in the church of people that are, in my opinion, 
um, not capitalized upon for the gold that they are. Um, and that is single adults and retired folks. Mm. And the main reason is flexibility. Mm. They have a flexibility to respond to the Holy Spirit. They have a flexibility to respond to uh, community unlike any other group. Mm. Um, and so, and I think that gets minimized, right? I yes. mean, because the retired folks, if they're empty nesters or if they're into retirement, there's a flexibility of time. They have actual control over their time. Same with single adults. Yes. Like how many times in our lives, so gentlemen, when we think way back when we used to stay up till 2 a.m. talking with people. Right. Okay. I can't do that as a married dude. That, like, that is not going to happen. <laughs> right. I think my wife went to bed at nine o'clock last night. Yeah. And so uh, the idea is that I'm not going to be staying up. And yet it was those long hours together in conversation Absolutely. that brought about transformation in my spirit. Absolutely. So the ability of a single person to be able to have the flexibility to say, I can stay longer because something magical is happening right now. Absolutely. So to me, I feel like the Lord can course through that in such a powerful way. It goes back to the idea of, I find it so ironic that we have a bit of a cult of marriage in the church. I don't think our culture has a cult of marriage. I think mm. it's going more singles. Uh, the millennial movement is really getting, they're, they're single longer. There's, there's not a big value for marriage. But in the church, we talk a lot about being married. Yes. And it makes this, a lot of singles feel left out. Yes. But I find it so ironic that the we are called a little Christ. A Christian means a little Christ. He's single. Christ, the founder of Christianity was single. Right. The greatest evangelist of all time who wrote 13 books of the New Testament. Yes. Single. Right. And yet we have this over-focus on you only get fulfilled if you're married yes. when our big dogs are single. Mm -hmm. And the whole purpose that they were saying, they're saying, listen, if you get married, you're bringing on liability. Just know that. Why? Because you have another human being in your space that you're responsible for. And again, I do, co I do groups for single and married couples. Mm -hmm. I counsel and coach married and single people. And yeah. we always say it is better to be single than wish that you were. Yeah. And yeah, so that's amen. <laughs> no, I, I, I similar, similar line. I, I've said it's, it's better be single and lonely than married and lonely. Yeah. Right. Yes, like there absolutely. is a, yeah. there is a depth of pain. I mean, cause listen, we're all married here. Mar marriage is work. Like it's a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. And even yes. if it's healthy and you're in it with a healthy person, it's work. I mean, yeah. if you're in it and it's unhealthy or you're unhealthy, like, oh, good grief. I mean, yeah, that's, that is I, a I level think, of, it's just, I mean, yeah, anyway. It, and Ephesians where it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. I don't think we realize the fullness of that sacrifice, that yeah. we we were literally giving up our lives to to be a priest and serve like beyond what we can ever, ever imagine. Yeah. And I think the best premarital um, preparation that people can do in order to experience a really healthy called marriage mm -hmm. really is singles ministry. I really yeah. do believe that. I don't, yeah. I don't believe you can, I've, I've t counseled plenty of people who went through a four week premarital course mm -hmm. that doesn't do it. It's uh, pre, pre being premarital is a, is a, um, it's a transformational discipleship process yeah. where you where you are prepared and you recognize That's that you're right. actually called to be married to that one person. Mm -hmm. That's a, a calling is a whole different thing than yeah. uh, I think we we I always say we we marry people that we think we're compatible with, mm -hmm. but God calls us together so that we're complementary. It's a much higher bar yeah. than yeah, I think culture good. and church has given us. Yeah, and I I just want single adults to recognize this super high, unbelievable, unimaginable calling to live together as one. 
part of the reason we do singles ministry is because my wife and I are part of, we're so convicted by this is we want them to experience the kind of marriage that God had created for us. Yeah. And uh, if I, that's what God has for them. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that's right. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, I think sometimes single ministries are only geared towards designing people to get married healthy that's and you correct. go, well, there's a whole bunch of people that actually have a calling upon their life that marriage would not be a wise choice for them. Yeah. Um, and you know, Paul said, Hey, listen, everybody's got different gifts. All right, cool. I, I'm good being single. That's great for me. That's my calling because yeah. I'm all in for this. Yeah. And if I go all in for this, I can't do the Ex- home life. Absolutely. And so, and um, the other thing is just, uh, I, I remember training some people in premarital counseling about, you know, what was that all about where Paul said, it's better that you remain single. Right. Um, it's not that he was, he was dog in marriage. That was not his point. I- Put it in context. You are in the early church under heavy persecution. If somebody puts a gun to my head, that's one thing. If someone puts a gun to my wife's head, that's another thing. Right. And you will snap when they start involving family. And so his whole point was, listen, we don't know when we're in jail. We don't know when we're getting attacked. And so right now is not a good time to be getting married. So once again, put it in context. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Well, and I think also this is something I've I've talked about with our our singles community before. And I actually was just recently speaking to our young adults and they asked me to talk about singleness and relationships and whatever. It is something I've said a whole bunch is just this, this concept of what is the mission of your life that Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. And I'm always careful, like as a married person to talking to singles. I've said this a bunch of times, like, I'm not going to tell you how to feel about being single. I don't, I don't know that that's really my place. Like I, the married person, am I going to tell you, Oh, come on. You don't need to get married. It's like, okay, easy for you to say married guy. Like I I always want to just be careful with that. But at the same time, I want to be clear that, okay, what is the mission of your life? And, And what I tell people is that marriage is an unworthy primary mission for your life. And the mm, thing is, is if good, you well seek said. if you seek first marriage, yes. I said you may or may not get married, but it's a lose-lose because you have made marriage the mission of your life and now you've got it and what do you do with it? Uh, I'm going to steal that. Wait, please, yeah, please that's really so true. You know, I, I probably that's, stole that's it from nails. somewhere else and have forgotten it enough to claim it's original. But <laughs> uh, so I don't even know where that came from. But but to, to say you, you get there and you're like, okay, now I've got everything yes. and now you're totally unprepared for the fact that no, you've only just begun and this is work, right? Yeah. And or the flip side of it is you don't get married and now you're miserable the rest of your life. And it's the alternative is seek first the kingdom so that if you're married, your marriage has a proper context for marriage is a wonderful gift from God, but it is part of now we are seeking the kingdom together. We have a purpose for our marriage beyond just, okay, now we're together and we don't think we're lonely. And then if you don't get married, there might be some pain that comes with, and it might be significant. And I don't mean to, to under undervalue that or underappreciate that for folks, but to say, okay, the primary mission of my life has not been compromised. Yeah. You know, and my mom, uh, my mom and dad were divorced. My dad was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I don't even have any memories of him ever being sober. So my mom raised three kids by herself. I married a single mom with three kids Mm -hmm. and I was in children's ministry and singles ministry at the time. And we had a great relationship. So I was their pastor and I was her pastor, so to speak as well. And, And, you know, I'm telling you that we had two more kids after that. Mm -hmm. So it was really difficult for a long time in lots of different ways. But looking back, I know that I know that I know there's no question in my mind. God called me to marry Judy Mm -hmm. for the purpose of us serving and building the kingdom together. There was no better person out there for me. That was the one that he'd call me to. So it wasn't about me. That marriage wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. That my marriage was actually about him, Yeah, you know, doing, and that was obedience to God to do something that was bigger than myself. Yeah. Well, one of the things uh, that I talk about what marriage is for 
it's building the kingdom of God one household at a time, mm. right? Mm. I mean, it is really a kingdom building prom- uh, yeah. premise. Yeah. So uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, I, I've talked to a lot of single adults, and I'm sure you have as well, who they feel neglected by their churches. They mm-hmm. feel like, oh, the church doesn't care about me. To what extent in your experience is that really true? And to what extent is that maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy or just evidence of some other sort of unhealthy thought process that is then being projected onto a person's local church? Well, I think it's mostly true. And that's okay. mostly true, not because uh, pastors don't have a heart for single adults. It's just because most pastors are married young. They've never been divorced. They haven't experienced divorce. They just have no idea, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I just think it's just a lack of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think a lot of things that churches do for uh, single adults um, don't really meet. There's, you know, there's a... I love what Kenton Bishore used to say at Mariners. He used to say, we need to give people what they need. But then we need to go beyond that and give them what they don't know that they need. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, he just retired. I'm, I'm kind of bummed, but I'm, I'm yeah. happy for him. Uh, but Kenton was a phenomenal pastor yeah, at Mariners Church. Legend. Yeah, um, so I think it's it's true mostly just because most pastors haven't experienced divorce or have been single for a long time, mm-hmm. and so it's more of a personal experience thing than anything else. So let me give a different perspective on this. I, I don't know necessarily if that's true. Um, because once again, we'll get into the idea that something, Michael, you feel very strong about is that singles ministry is really discipleship. Right. So I believe that if the pastor is focused on discipleship, it is very applicable to singles. Absolutely. Um, and so I don't think they're neglected at all. Here's the problem. It's relatability. Oh. So for example, um, most pastors are dudes. Most women have a lack in church because all the analogies are male. Right. So there's a lack of relatability that guys don't know the female experience, so they're not speaking into it. Right. They don't know the singles experience, so they're not speaking into it. And so they have a relatability problem, but all the premises of discipleship are still there. Right. And you're saying, you, so what I think a lot of people are asking, yeah, but how does it apply to my context? And there's a relatability gap. Yeah. So, for example, you're not going to help, you know, most married pastors are not going to go help some single woman move over the course of the weekend, right? Absolutely. No matter how many people are there, right? Right. So, so that's that you're absolutely right. Relatability, that's that's actually well said. Yeah. Now, we were talking a minute ago about what do uh, what do married people forget about single life and we talked about a lot of the opportunities that are that are there and I think that's significant and it's certainly an important point I mean I think in any stage of life I mean maximize the opportunities seek to overcome the challenges and don't get stuck dwelling on the challenges right but I think to your point about relatability and pastors not really knowing what to do and everything else what are maybe some of the challenges of single life that can get neglected uh, yeah by most, by most of us who are, you know, married people who forget what it's like to be single or haven't been divorced or whatever the case may be. What are some of the challenges where there is that sort of lack of relatability and, and maybe areas where the church could do a better job meeting singles in the midst of those challenges? You know, so it's like if, if you have a married couple in your, in your ministry that's struggling, they can go to you. You can, again, you can relate to them because you're married and yeah. you have some wisdom and insight and some biblical knowledge and Hopefully. you can help those people. Yeah, right? <laughs> When they're single, I think a lot of single adults go, well, who who do I go to? And again, in a marriage, you can talk to your husband or your wife. You can talk to a counselor. You can talk to your pastor. When you're single, it just doesn't feel like, who do I talk to? You know, when, when things get really difficult, who do I talk to? Yeah. And if single adults, um, most likely they want to talk to their pastor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously we've 
as pastors, we've all got stuff to do. And it's just, we don't have as much approachability or as much time available to minister to that many people. I mean, you know, mm. a couple, you're seeing two people at least at once. Yeah. With a single, you're seeing one at a time. Right. And uh, I just, again, who, who's going to get in the mud with you? Yeah. You know, I think is the question. Yeah. No, that's uh, good. A couple thoughts on this. I'm just jotting them down as I'm thinking about them. Um, so when God said it's not good for man to be alone mm. and he created Eve— I don't believe that was the institution of marriage as mm. much as the institution of community, Abs- right? I totally so, agree. so I think so that the good. actual man should not be alone, meaning mankind. It, the the answer is community. Marriage is one way to do community, right? Okay, so as much as I believe that, here's what I think a lot of us forget about being single: is friendships are less permanent. Mm. People move around. Divorce is difficult. So it, there's a built-in resistance. And when you are, your only community is people that are transient or moving on you, there's a little impermanence that makes you unsettled. Mm, yeah. I've been investing, 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 and you're going to go away from me. Mm. And, I, and I don't feel like I have my person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. The other challenges are there's someone at home. So I just was two, two weeks down in Southern California doing a doctoral program. And I just kept coming to my hotel every night. And there was nobody there. There's no, you know, there's no little dog greeting me like my dog at home. My kids aren't there. My wife's not there. And it was a a reminder and a refresher that I didn't have someone waiting for me. And I think that we take that for granted when you get married, that there's someone in your space that, um, and and when you're single, sometimes you don't have someone to go home to, that Mm. there's, there's no one to say, did you see that beautiful sunrise? Or I had a hard day at work. Uh, the other thing that I'll add is I think that there's a lack of partnership. Partnership mm. is different than friendship. Partnership is we're building together mm. something. And now it may be a romantic notion because I think those of us that are married are like, well, there's not a lot of partnership sometimes <laughs> in a marriage either. But I think in a romantic notion, I think that singles long to say, who is on my team with me to do something? And, and I just I think a lot of us take that for granted. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's a great point because I, uh, as I reflect, I, we spend a lot of time trying to build intimacy in those friendships, in yes. those, to provide more of that partnership that's feel. That's what we're that's trying a, to do. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's just, it's putting it in the wrong space. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. well said. No, that's good. Uh, so if you're just joining us, or you're watching online on, on Facebook, we're with uh, Michael Baggett. Michael's pastor of Bridges, single adult community here in uh, Sacramento area. He's one of our speakers at our upcoming Alive conference for single adults. So I want to encourage you to register for that if you're single at www.bridgeway.church forward slash alive. No married people allowed. That, right. At the Alive Conference. See, I already know adults. it's going to be a great conference. It is going to be a great involves conference. Because it involves you guys. Michael Baggett, it's, and hopefully I won't bring things down too much. Yeah, uh, but but here's the thing. It's going to be a vibrant and a live community. Not to play uh-huh. off the name. I know. See what you did there. Um, but because of the quality and the hearts that, of the leadership that they're bringing in. So I could just tell you, all of you that uh, that are in this demographic, man, this is a place you got to go. Yep. This is, this is yep. going to be an awesome conference. Yep. I already know it ahead of time. Yeah, it's going to yep. be fun. And if you are already attending bridges a whole bunch of us from bridges are going to be there so awesome. we don't we don't want you to miss out yeah fantastic yeah yeah no our hope is that it can be something that blesses the kind of the the christian community beyond just beyond just bridgeway so uh yeah that'll be fantastic now uh in light of some of the things that you guys were just talking about in terms of connection and and just sort of the need for kind of permanence and friendship and all of that um I'm going to sort of transition us into my next question. So, uh, so Michael, a while ago at Bridgeway, maybe six months ago, we did some uh, live in-service 
polling where everyone got out their phones and Lance asked a whole bunch of questions of a, a wide range of times, like 40 questions. It Lance was, asks a lot of questions. He does I've ask a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but it was really cool because we had, I mean, great participation just in a weekend service gathering all sorts of information about our folks. And we were able to display the results live on screens, which was cool. So we had uh, this particular question about your marital status. We mm. had, uh, I looked it up, we had 1,996 people participate and answer the question. Wow. And over one third of them Hmm. We're not married. Hmm. So, that, I mean, that to me is a very significant number. That's 18 and over or? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 18 and over. Uh, one third of them were not married. Hmm. Uh, you, I mean, Lance alluded to this. The the average age of the first marriage is going up. I, mm-hmm. I just did some research on this. I think for men, it's over age of 29 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, a higher percentage, I didn't look this up, but a higher percentage of single, of adults just nationally are single. And then, living together. Yeah, and then, then, mm-hmm. then ever before. Uh, and yet, so we have lots of singles here at Bridgeway, and I don't mm-hmm. think we're unique in that. I think there are lots of singles in, in churches. And yet, I often hear from singles that they sort of feel like, oh, I'm the only one, and the church is just full of married couples. That's normal, yeah. Why does that, and I'm not trying to blame them for that perception, but I'm just asking the question, why do you think that perception exists? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. You know, Sacramento is, is particularly high in single adults, but... Again, if I go back to my story, I was in a large church. Uh, I think there was about 6,000 people that attended that church on a weekly, uh, on Sundays. And I didn't, I, I knew Tom, uh, mm-hmm. cause I would sit next to Tom every Sunday. Yeah. I was one of those people that sat in the same chair all the time. Hey yeah. Tom, Hey Tom, Hey Tom. But when I really got serious about my faith, I realized I needed to connect with other people. So as a single adult, I went to the singles thing. And when I went to the singles ministry thing on Friday nights, it was called Focus, I immediately developed a bunch of friends, friendships. Like, it was my community. That church, literally, that church, South Coast Community Church, became my church on that Friday. Yeah. It just changed everything. Now, I didn't just know Tom. I knew a whole bunch of people. And every time I went to the church, I could see say hello to dozens of my friends. Mm-hmm. We would hang out together. We would do all kind of we would do life together. Yeah. That's I think what the church has really meant, right? We're a community of people. We're not a building. We're not a service. We're a group of people. And so I think that's hard for some single adults to find that kind of intimate community mm-hmm. uh, if they're just attending on Sundays, right? Yeah. And I mean that's something Lance we talk about all the time yeah. with people of any age and stage that if yes. if all you do is show up, sit down, get up, leave then it's going to feel like a, a church is going to feel like a lonely place. Right? Very lonely. Yeah. yeah. Um, once again, one thing that we haven't highlighted is right here at Bridgeway, we have Bridgeway Young Adults, right? And so Pastor Brian Hopper is the head of our, our young adults group. Yeah. We uh, They've gotten very connected into the regional collective and a bunch of other churches. They all get together. We're all a big connecting kind of vibe, right? So Michael Baggett has the exact same heart that we do here at Bridgeway, which we believe in a whole region and a bunch of everybody getting together and everybody getting together, right? But we also have young professionals um, that is also a ministry that, you know, is a slightly different group than the than the Bridgeway mm-hmm. Young Adults. And there's different strata layer, right? Yeah. I mean, because you may say, well, I'm a, I'm a single person that's 65 and there's a person that's single that's 25. Not the exact same thing. Totally. And, yeah. and so just understanding you're finding your niche, right? Of saying, who are some people that understand my life stage, who understands yep. me, that they can be my crew. Yep. Um, 
and but be available when, and be available, right? Because yes. right, like during the week to just oh, that's hey, so true right? to be available. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've I've said on this podcast and everywhere else that my number one challenge in being a pastor has been busyness. That's what I fight the most mm. within the congregation. Sure. So same thing happens in every ministry. Are they available? Right? right. They're yeah. they're pretty busy. But I just want to highlight one one story that I that I think that. When things are done right, you know, you hear the story about uh, Pastor Baggett here um, getting connected in and having a community. Um, Brian, you just recently did a wedding for Frank. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, and I watched this guy. He came in. He had been divorced. And so he had come into our church um, as a single man, a mm-hmm. single dad. And I watched him get involved, and he got his crew, and he was all in. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was at everything. He was loving on people. He did it right. Yep. Everything he did was pure and fun and joyful. He was a blessing to everybody. So when he got married, mm. what was super cool is I got a chance to just attend it because he's one of our security guys. Um, Brian was doing the, which you did a phenomenal wedding. It was awesome. Just Thank have you. to point that out. And I watched all the singles come in and celebrate his marriage. And what's so neat is that when he came into it, he brought in his new wife to say, these are our people. And it was, anyway, it was the most beautiful, perfect scenario of a healthy singles ministry like we have, which is journeys, right? Which is another element of our singles. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, Frank is a, is an example of, uh, I mean, I love Frank and, I think there are a lot of people that are that are like him in the sense that uh, whether at uh, here at Bridgeway or at Bridges or different churches or whatever, they show up, they get connected to community, they make the effort, they make themselves available, they make friends, and then that's where health begins to you know begins to rise. Now there are challenges with that. Frank was one of our key leaders. He yeah. was the he was he yes. and one other guy were the guys that were meeting with the problem guys. You know, <laughs> right. like they were. I mean, man, that guy had to walk through some stuff, but he was willing to do it. He had friends. You're right. When he, when he married or even in the, in the months leading up to the marriage, it was okay. There's a community of people around him and his girlfriend, then fiance, then wife who are, man, this is fantastic. God is honored by this. We're supportive of this. And then they're able to celebrate. There wasn't a lot of isolation, uh, but he made the effort. He was willing to serve and he made himself. He went in one type of man. He emerged out of that ministry a much better man. Yeah. Um, you know, so here's the thing. You were talking a little bit earlier about the idea of why do people feel neglected? We have three specific ministries to singles. <laughs> we have Bridgeway Young Adults, we have Young Professionals, and we have Journeys. Yeah. They're all three separate ministries, all distinct, yeah. all focused on singles. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's yeah. not like there's a neglecting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think you could look at any other but it feels season, like it. season of life. Young married, mid-married, empty nester, you know, retiree, whatever. And it, so, do churches and ministries have a responsibility to make sure they're being proactive and showing people how they can engage? Of yes. course they do. But, I mean, you see this, I'm sure, Michael, at Bridges. The people that love Bridges the most are probably the ones who have made the effort to get connected. Who take the most ownership. Absolutely. Right? And exactly. That's a good, that's a good word, right? right? Yeah. Ownership. Absolutely. That's where you really, you know, you start to start to find it now. Um, well, I've heard a lot about your community, your community groups, your missional communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I, people that are connected to those, love those. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, really. That's been a really life giving thing for a lot of people. Doing life together. Yeah. I've tr- I tried to steal them to go to my Bible study, but they won't. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try harder. Brother. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, 
So I want to I want to hit on this just a, a little bit more, even though we've talked about it already, because because I, I do think it's important. Um, you talk about the opportunities mm. that are there for for single adults that are just become more challenging once you're married. I referenced a moment ago, every season of life, opportunities and challenges. When you're engaging with your folks at, at Bridges, what are the opportunities that you're trying to put in front of them? Or what are some ways that you're trying to encourage the single adults that you minister to uh, just to take full advantage of the season of life that they're in? I think, you know, that's a great question, but it's, it, there's a, it's a, it's a much deeper answer. I think, I think that both in married couples that are having trouble and single adults, I think one of the biggest problems that we have in, in the church today with Christian people is that they believe the lie. They believe lies, and they believe lies about God, they believe lies about themselves, and they believe lies about others. And I think one of the things that I'm very, very intentional about is helping people to see the truth about, you know, first of all, who God is, but what God thinks about them and who they were created to be. Because once you have that identity issue resolved, it changes the way you think. It changes what you do. It opens up opportunities for all kinds of things. When we disqualify ourselves from relationship, from marriage, from that job, from this thing, we, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that I am working on, I mean, a lot and for months, and I think this is an epidemic of lies that people believe about God themselves and others hmm. that is really devastating. Yeah. Not to put you on the spot, but could you maybe give us some examples of just what are some common, I mean, there are a million lies out there, of course. What yeah. are some common lies that you see people believing? The lies that cause insecurity, the lies hmm. that cause judgment, the lies that cause criticism, um, th- those, those lies that uh, cause self-esteem issues, that lies that cause depression. Now, I understand there's clinical depression, and sure. I, I totally get that, but there's there, there, the lies that cause us to be disqualified. And again, mm. there's so many, we would talk about hundreds of them, but sure. when I, I spend a lot of time, I, usually between, on a really low week, 18 or 12, but on a high week, I'll meet with 21 people a week, and... They're all over. The, they're all over the map. All, yeah. There's so many different things, and and again, I'm just trying to help people. I was just reading a psalm last night where it says, you know, God, the 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 beautiful, phenomenal thoughts that God has about you are too vast to number. Yeah, and I think we we take on what other people think about us, and we judge ourselves. We and then then we judge others. Yeah, and those things are the very things that keep us from entering into relationship in a healthy way. Yeah. they keep us from having intimacy with God, and so I think a lot of the opportunities that we missed are not. I had a chance to go on this retreat, and I didn't. There. I disqualified myself from being worthy of that, so I didn't. Hmm. That's a whole different level. Wow, man, of, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Uh, Lance, what do you got? You got another one? Uh, another one for us over there on your um, list? Yeah, just uh, just talking in terms of um, kind of kind of premises. There are some out there that do want to be married, yes. right? Um, and I want to be very cautious for those that that they do have a calling from the Lord to remain single. I want to be very sensitive to them because mm-hmm. I believe that they're gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we've talked a little bit about living fulfilled and things like that, whether mm-hmm. you're married or single, doesn't matter. But in terms of if we could just round table real briefly, kind of some ideas from the other side, looking back, we have, mm-hmm. we are married. 
What are some advice pieces about, let's say you do want to get married and they're going, listen, you got any advice? You got any advice? You know, I get that a lot from singles. Um, one thing that's super, super cute, this, this, this group of beautiful young ladies came up to me one time after a, a service and they said, will you pray a blessing over us? Each one of us hmm. want to be married one day. Will hmm. you pray a father's blessing Hmm. over us. And cool. it was the sweetest time yeah. because they were kind of saying, listen, as a father figure of being in this church, we're young adults and we do desire to be married one day. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got to pray over each one of them, just a dad's blessing over them. So there are some that really have that heart. And and I just ran into uh, some, uh, some singles uh, over at a sushi place the other day. And first question that came out of their mind. So, uh, what do you look for in a spouse? And, and and what you know? So there's always this idea, like there's some magic sauce, right? Yeah, right. But um, so I would like to. I know we didn't want to focus on that completely, but I just wanted to throw out a couple pieces of advice, maybe mm. from each of us, mm. on how to keep things healthy, right? When mm. when you are looking. And so the yeah. first one that I just want to throw out, just to start the conversation, is I would really encourage if you are seeking a spouse. Character matters more than anything else Yeah. when you are seeking to who you want to partner with in life. There's a lot of things about other people that will change. Uh, immaturity can change into maturity. Yeah. Um, bad habits can be worked out. But character does not tend to change unless there's drama mm. or Jesus. <laughs> That's the only time <laughs> that you really get character shift. And um, so... So just as an encouragement to you out there, if you're saying, I wonder if I get to have my person, mm. um, when you're looking, there's a lot of things that the society says are important, right? Attractiveness and money and all these different things. I just want to encourage just from as a dad perspective, I tell my girls this, character matters more than anything else. Because, yeah. I mean, ultimately, we're talking about character. If you're not transformed by Jesus, Jesus is the number one thing, but when we're talking about just human beings, character, it's yeah. a big deal. If he's a bad guy, he's not going to turn into a good guy just because right. you married him. Right. If she is a, um, a, a, a woman that lacks integrity, she's not going to suddenly have integrity just because you got married. Right. So anyway, that yeah. would be, I just wondered if you guys had any, yeah. any helpful advice. Yeah. Michael, I mean, you, I mean, you live in this world. You're relationship essentials guy. Uh, what are some of your big kind of key points that you, you hit on this topic? The biggest single thing I would say is, you know, a great date begins with a good friend. Amen. And so you got to play the odds. You got to play the numbers. It's yeah. like you need you need to be a person who can relate to other people, yeah. whether you're an introvert or an extrovert or yes. anywhere in between. You need to be able to learn how to relate to people yes. on a, in a, in a, in a free, healthy, uh, God-honoring fun way yes. yep. and and then you are able to have the discernment when you recognize this one's special yes yeah. that's the problem we don't have the discernment to recognize this one's special we think somebody who takes a particular interest in us is someone special but i need to decide for myself as a single person this one is special because I have all kinds of great relationships, but this one is different. Yes. And I need to be able to discern that. We need to discern not who to marry. We need to discern a calling 
to spend the rest of our life together as one yeah. with a person. Yeah. That requires discernment. Right? One thing oh, that uh, I, I don't know where I learned it from, kind of like you, where you, yeah. you know, if you held it long enough, <laughs> you just call it yourself. Yeah. Which I don't think <laughs> just it is. Quote yourself. <laughs> um, but the, the best advice I remember I ever heard was to lower the pressure, because a lot of people are going, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to spend time with this. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. He's oh, not the guy, right? Makes me and crazy. I said, I go, here's the best advice. <laughs> Um, focus on not is he the dude but does he know the dude and, and, and the whole point is you develop friendships there's no pressure on that relationship you can just be friends because it may be a network that he ends up inviting you to another friendship and another friendship yeah, and then you get a chance to hear the calling of the Lord about someone special but instead of that big pressure uh, you're not the one you're not the one you're not uh, cool you're not the dude but he might know the dude yeah so let's just chill out for a second and develop healthy friendships. Yeah, I say, you know, make some, make friends. Maybe they won't be in your wedding, but they'll be at your yeah. wedding. Amen. And that's, hey, that's really cool. That's that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think about some of my, you know, big ones. I mean, things I, you know, intend to tell my children when they're of appropriate age and, and things that I've, I've talked about. I mean, heck, talked about some of these things with the young adult community this last week. I mean, even the idea of you talk about the right person, like I just need to find the right person. Now, I think this is a, a nuance to, to Michael, what you're describing, just sensing the sense of calling to, to be together. But, you know, we all think, uh, hey, I just need to find the right person and then everything's going to be great. And that's not true. No, uh, because the the sort of the 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 lie underneath that lie is, oh well, once I find the right person, I don't need any relationship skills because they will not require right. them. Of me. Oh, great right? point. Which yeah. is which is completely false right. uh, on a number of levels. First of all, that person does not exist in terms of just <laughs> nope. that level of compatibility. Number two, if they even if they did, they're not like going, man. You know what I'm looking for? Just someone <laughs> with no relationship skills and who's just a big bucket of neediness. Like yeah. that is what I want, right? right. Like, that, that's not what they're saying, right? So, I mean, I love, I mean, I, you know, I steal lines from Andy Stanley all the time because that guy can turn a phrase like yeah. nobody else. But he says, uh, are you the person the person you're looking for is looking for? And mm. I love that line. Yeah. So the idea is not, so it's not so much focused on the here are 20 things I need in a spouse, although I, I think it's okay to be like, okay, looking yeah. for character. I'm looking for someone of, of strong faith. I'm looking for a person who kind of has their act together. That's all fine. But I think that's the question. Okay. Not so much what do I need in a wife if you're a dude, but like who do I need to be as a husband? Yes. And to your point, it talks about it's like you don't become a good husband when you're married. Like you're preparing for that a long time ago. Absolutely. Right. And then also just this sense of mission that as I mentioned earlier, that if you have a sense of mission and you know what you're about, first of all, that it you know, like attracts like. Like you're gonna attract the sort of person you're looking to attract. Be about something. Yeah, when you're Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think just that idea of okay. There is no perfect person out there. I need to grow in my own relationship skills. I need to process my baggage. I need to try to get healthy, which that just benefits you. Yes, no matter abs- what. Right. Like Amen. there is benefit to that. And then I think also, I mean, you talk about this sense of community. Um, I mean, I, I said to our single adults the other night, I said, in terms of like really developing close adult friendships uh, of the same gender, it is amazing to me how much harder that is as a married person than as a single person. Oh, absolutely. I think working at a church, I have an advantage in the sense that a lot, I mean, you work together very closely. There's a lot of sort of detailed sharing about your life. And then I have access to a lot of people just by virtue of a weekend service and everything else. But in terms of like people who you just spend that time with where there's no agenda other than just to be together, like 
You so, don't get to do that as a like, you know, I had a guy text me last night. Hey, you want to come out at seven o'clock to do this thing? And I'm like, I had nothing on my calendar, but I told the guy, no, right. I'm like, no, I yes. gotta be, I gotta be home tonight. You know, and sometimes yeah. God does call a single man and a single woman together, yeah, but not to be married. Yeah. Right. You know, there, there, there's a purpose for that connection yep. and it's not necessarily marriage. So again, we have to be in a place where we're able to be discerning enough to know yeah. why is this person in my life? Yeah. Well, and I think also single, same gender friendships are helpful in that discernment process process as well. Oh, uh, totally. because I mean, a new, a new relation. I, re- I remember doing some research on this, preparing for a, a, a series in, in journeys a while back that they did uh, brain scans on people in new relationships and they found the brain activity was similar to somebody who was on uh, cocaine. Really? So this is idea, that a good thing? Yeah, or? Uh, I've been told it's a bad Sounds thing. Sounds awesome. <laughs> but so the idea is like you just get all hopped up on hormones and it's exciting and it's fun yeah. and that's why people are into it. And that's great. But like you'd never say to a person, hey, make major decisions while you're on cocaine. Right. 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 You need yeah. someone next to you who's like not, you know, hopped up on adrenaline and hormones and everything else to sort of help you with, hey, yes. is this... Processing. Is there wisdom here, yeah, right? And exactly. I think we've all seen the healthiest relationships are those where you see some of that going on. Yeah. Um, I do have one last piece of advice that um, can be one of those irritating pieces of advice <laughs> because I'm I am married. Um, I wasted a lot of time worrying. When I was single. Hmm. Yeah. Is this the right person? Is the right person in the Hmm. room? A lot of, I had a lot of fear of, am I going to miss it? Or what about? Yeah. And I really regret that. I Hmm. I wish I would have had more peace. I wish I would have had more fulfillment in my heart. I wish I would have had enjoyed the season. Hmm. Because for most people, statistically, singleness is a season. Yes. And when you are always rushing to get to the next season, you it steals the joy from this season. Yeah. I feel the same way about high school. I wish I would have enjoyed I was only in high school for 4 years yeah. and I wanted so badly to move on. Yeah. And I wish I could go back in time and settle down and mm. enjoy it because mm. I'm out of high school a lot longer than I'm in high school. <laughs> yeah. But at the time it felt like forever. Mm. And so if I could just encourage, once again, easier said than done. Sure. But I regret the amount of worry and the anxiety that I wasted time on and energy on. Uh, But saying, you know what? The Lord's got this. We're okay. And there's beauty for today. I don't always have to long for the next season. Yeah. Michael, you, I mean, you're on the ground talking to people who are in that that place. Right. How do you counsel folks? And I, I know amongst our listeners, we're going to have folks who would meet this, this description. How do you counsel folks that are in that place of I'm single and there's a lot of worry about, and there's sort of this kind of desire to just get through this so I can get to the next season of my life. Um, how do you balance sort of a, okay, there's maybe health wanting to be married is, is fine, but kind of maximizing this present season. How, how do you counsel folks who are in that spot? With one simple phrase. Yeah. And that is, it is better to be single than wish that you were. <laughs> yes. Divorce is yeah. absolutely devastating. And you got to yeah. understand when we talk about single adults now, yeah. the large majority are divorced. Are divorced, yes. Yeah. So what what do you do with that? I mean, yeah. the I mean it, it, it's a bummer that, you know, I I like what you just said Lance. I you know, I I worried if this is the right person. But worse than that is I worried that I married the wrong person right. and I was married to them and lived with them for 10, 15, 20, 25 Absolutely. years now. It was funny because when I used to do singles ministry for, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. you'd see divorce after five, seven, 10 years. Now it's 20, 25, mm. now 30 years. It's like, wow. it, it's just, it's amazing. Right. Huh. And, and so I feel like, man, we have, we have to learn 
this idea of really who we are and what we're created for. Like you said earlier, you said yeah. the goal is is seek first the kingdom. The goal isn't getting married yes. and then. Yeah. And we we really in marriage is the same thing. That if we gonna if we get married and we say, well, our goal is to save this much money or buy this kind of, if we, if we put goals that those are those, that's dumb. The purpose for our marriage is to be able to live a fulfilled and fruitful, productive life together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think those goals, what we're really trying to get out. And I, and again, I think we take for granted the, the, the grace and the beauty that being single really is. Yeah. Amen. Uh, We just, some take it for granted. They don't realize yeah. And, and like so many other things we've talked about today, I think we can take for granted so many different seasons of life. And I love, you know, Lance, whether it's looking backward, high school, college, single life, whatever, and even looking, you know, looking at the present day and looking forward just to be able to say, okay, how do I maximize this season as opposed to thinking, oh, well, once I've done this, then yeah. life's going to really begin. And I think it's okay to have, of course, we want to have goals on things we want to accomplish, but just be realistic yeah. about what, like, you're not going to finish. Okay, hey, I got my student loans paid off. Now everything is. Pro- yeah. No, you just ha- like that's great. Celebrate that. Single might be a lifestyle, yeah. a life stage, but married isn't. Right. Yeah. Mar- marriage is a calling. Single yeah. is a life stage. Yeah. Right. So no, that's good. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. interesting thing. Little ironically, in the last couple of months, I've noticed something that I haven't never seen before. I've seen more people in their fifties and sixties who have never been married and long to be married. Yeah, hmm. interesting. That, yeah, they have just waited. Yep. They're just, they just want to, don't want to make a mistake. And I think hmm. part of it's fear. Yes. But it's interesting to me that I'm meeting more people in their 50s and 60s who've never been married but desperately want to be married. Yeah. That that, that, that population exists is not surprising to me. Well, that there has yeah. been an uptick in it yes. is, is, is sort of interesting to me. So. I think huh. because we're coming out of this culture of divorce yeah. that is, yes. spurn, you know, it's, it's created a lot of fear, right? Yeah. It's scared a everybody. Lot of anxi- exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's absolutely right. So, uh, cool. Hey, this was a lot of fun. Uh, really appreciate your time uh, today, Michael, and looking forward to having you at the, the Singles Conference. Like I said, for those of you listening, uh, single adults, uh, join us June 21st and 22nd, bridgeway.church forward slash alive. We'd love to see you there. Uh, Michael, last thing before we go, if folks want to find you online or learn about bridges or principles to live by or all the all the stuff you got going on, where can they find you? Yeah, it's easy. We we like to use Facebook mm-hmm. uh, and we just, you know, Bridges Sacramento, it's at, you know, at Bridges Sacramento mm-hmm. or you can go to Bridges Elk Grove as well. And again, we meet Sunday nights at six o'clock from six to eight at Life Community Church every Sunday. Awesome. Very seldom do we skip a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we meet on Thursday nights in Elk Grove at seven o'clock. And that's Bridges Elk Grove or Bridges Sacramento on All Facebook. Right. Yeah. And where is that? What's the address of Life Community? Life Community Church is in, it's really, really right down the street from here. Okay. And that's at 10020 Foothills Boulevard in Roseville. Um, and then at Impact Community Church is in, it's actually a Sacramento address. That's 8299 East Stockton Boulevard in Sacramento. Again, All Thursdays right. at seven. Wonderful. Boom. There it is. All right. Well, thank you again, uh, Pastor Michael, for your time today. Thank you, Lance, as always, for being with us. Want to say thanks to Lucian, Brenton, Montana, all the guys behind the scenes making us look good and sound good or at least as good as we can look or sound. Appreciate you guys very much. Thanks to all of you for listening. Single adults, we want to see you at the Alive Conference. Everyone else, we'll see you next time on for the next episode of Engaging Culture. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. 
If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.